Hello, welcome back to um, season two, episode thirteen. Um, I know we said we weren't going to call give them episode numbers, but it's easier for me to uh, catalogue them um, on on the when I'm doing the editing and that. Each one's got a number; it's easier to follow for me. Um, so yeah, episode thirteen. I'm joined tonight by Josh, Gordon, and Gilbert. All from uh, well, Josh and Gilbert are obviously from America. Gordon's from Britain, and uh, we've got our special guest tonight, which is three um, D printing god Omar. <laughs> <laughs> Omar, how did, is that? Bees, bays, Baez, Baez, yes, Baez, yeah. right? Omar Baez. Um, Omar does a lot of three D printing uh, resin, um, and you've you've. You're quite involved with Hobby Link International. You've done some sponsored some shows for them, I believe. Um, and we're going to talk to you during the next hour, um, you know, and uh, and and go from there. We'll probably give, throw some three uh, D printing questions at you. Not a problem. Um, but to begin with, uh, I think we'll just have a look at what everyone's been doing this week. This should be rather a quick uh, thing because. I haven't been doing much. Um, so, who wants to go first? What do you got there, Josh? I am working on a Piper Tri play, Pacer plane again. I finished the Porsche, you know, a little bit of through the week. So, yeah, that was not that was good. That who, who's that plane by? Who makes it? Monogram. I think it it's. Looks like an '80s box, so it's a pretty old kit. I think I only paid like a dollar for it. Cool, Gordon. What do you got, buddy? Well, I've been working on my Battle of Britain tribute. Oh, look at that! I've got nice. one 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 oh nine e in paint. I've got a second one oh nine slowly getting there. And uh, a spit. Nice. Ready for priming next. Nice. So I've not actually been doing a lot at the bench because I've been too busy doing the uh, live motorbike. We're doing his bike up being as we're uh, in lockdown. So uh, I've stripped yeah. his back wheel down and we repainted that. I'm working on the swinging arm and stuff. Stuff to do at home while we can't go out. Have you? Uh, how are you going to... Um... Have you thought how you're going to display them? Because it's, it's a battle of bit and tribute. Uh, they're quite, well, you know. I... This is it. I, <laughs> I came up with the idea, and then didn't realise how big it was going to be if I did it. <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to do the 109 and one spit on one side on a, a grass strip, right, and on the other side. I was going to do the um, the Hurricane and the Eichel Triple One. And so, of course, the Spitz went after the fighters, the Hurricanes went after the Bombers, so that's how I was going to do it. And then when I actually measured out how big a baseboard I'd need, I was going, hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's going to be quite big. So, at the moment, I'm just going to carry on building them, get them all finished, and then I'll take it from there. Cool. So what I might do is just build uh, a little dio 
So the Smith and the, the, the 109, and then the other diode would just have one separate sort of thing. But yeah, it would yeah. make quite a big drama. You know, I'll go last, but hey, Mark, since nobody ever asks you what you're building, uh, yeah. I'm going to ask you, Mark, what are you doing? Okay, so um, this week uh, I've been working on the F35B Lightning. Um, at the moment, I've just been doing some detail work in the Bombay's. Um, this was actually uh, sent to me by Gordon. Mm -hmm. um, Gordon sent me this. Um, I'm working on I'm working on doing a video build for this, um, and the video build is taking up so much time. Um, for every hour I do of building, I'm probably looking at three or four hours of editing and cutting, and yeah, and it's it's really draining because you just want to build, but um, you know you, you've got to cut all the all the chaff out and and um yeah it's a bit of a nightmare so i've been sort of doing that and editing mainly and in the background i've been printing um i've had the 3d printer going again and uh i've printed off this um young lady and that's done with pla am i correct yeah yeah that's done uh three that's done on a creality end of three not the pro one just the end of three um and it's done with uh, black PLA, um, and that's oh, yeah. that was her face. Uh, that took about I think it took about eight hours to print that. What did uh, you print, what did you print that out as far as the layer height? Well, that one was the very first piece. So I I started I just done that on a basic setting. Um, so I done that on I think if I remember correctly, it was done like not on this ultra setting the, the next one down so um one above normal but one below oh you know ultra if that makes any sense yeah ultra i think it's point zero four uh this was done at point zero one six wow okay that's where i took so long okay yeah it's just such a small piece yeah or it might have been 0 0.16, 0.16. Anyway, yeah, that took quite a while. And then I printed off the body, um, which I'm really pleased with how it came out. I tweaked the settings because on the head, the um, the, the supports were really difficult to get off. I really struggled, so I went in, I changed some settings, um, and then I printed that off. Um, and that's the uh, that's the... And it's come out really well. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it looks nice. Um, she's got a corset on. And there's, a, there's some amazing detail on the back of the uh, corset there with the strings. And um, I've just got the boots and um, legs to finish printing. And then it's sort of time to start trying to get rid of some of the lines and... Um, and uh, as we were speaking before the show, and I normally use Steinal Res, to be honest, as, uh, to print. Um, but Gil was telling me 3D printing, don't use the Steinal Res because it's... Um, well, it's not with that. Not with that. Not with, not, not with this. Yeah. With other stuff, yeah. But th this, it's too good, basically. 
it'll suck into all those details and it'll accentuate all those details. Yeah. Know? But well, just depends I, on how much you like sanding. Yeah. Yeah. I believe <laughs> uh, doesn't Ken do a proper 3D. Yeah. Yes. It's called, uh, it's called uh, what is it? Um, 3D print. I think. Yeah. 3D something. It's three, a, a 3D and something else. And it's a two-part system. There's a clear, and then there's the 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 the, the colored one that goes on top of it. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking that that's regular Steinerus that goes on top of it. It's not. It's it's a it's a tweaked version of Steinerus. It's a little bit more durable. It's a little bit more thicker. Yeah. The, the other one is a is a pre-prime. You put that on first. That helps to fill the gaps. You put that on, then you put the other one on top of that, and what that does is seals it all in. Now you can you can go that route, or you know, and and you know, I'm a you all know I'm a big fan of Badger. You know, I've been using them since 1984. Um, I would personally, if you've got an auto body uh, uh, store or shop, you just get the, an auto primer filler, and you know, in the can, you know, shake it up real good. Oh yeah, just use that. You know, um, it, right. it'll fill that in. Um, it's it's it. You'll see it. Whatever's in there, you can sand a little bit, fill, shoot it again, like what, like what Gordon's showing right there. Yeah, you spray yeah, it on there. That. Yeah, that will work probably a lot better. Uh, regular Steinerism, it's great stuff. I, I, that's all I use. Well, eighty percent of the stuff I use is, is Steinerism, but for that kind of work, you don't want Steinerism. Yeah. Steinerism is just so good that it just hugs all the detail yeah you've got all those striations in there it's gonna find its way into those striations and you're gonna see it and you're gonna like shit oh excuse me you're gonna say oh god i got now i gotta sand all this down you know mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah when i started out with 3d printing i started out with the ender 3. I all right. to, yeah i started out with fdm i still have the um my cr10 clone which is set up over there to print some 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 bigger stuff my two Ender 3s are in the garage right now collecting dust because I pretty much shifted over everything over to resin. But when I started out with um, Ender 3s, I did huge regular over filler primer and just yeah. did a lot of sanding. And um, I got like the, let me see here, if I can grab this guy. Yeah, what we call it over in the UK is high build filler. Yeah, I, yeah they it's the same thing here, Gordon. They call it a high build, you know, primer filler. Yeah, this was, this was done on PLA. And then it was just a filler primer and some sanding. That's it. Wow, that's yeah. And that's then that's the Sanix file. Uh, actually, no. This was a file that was on a, a crowdfund, a three D crowdfunding group. So uh, it, oh, I mean, it, uh. it, it came out. You know, so it's a great design. It was kind of, which has kind of been and now it's frowned upon. It's um, it was like a um, a, like a, a copy of an existing statue, and now in the three D printing community, that's not happening anymore because you know yeah we'll get to that in a minute because there's a lot of, of things about that that i know of that you know people they um well we'll talk about that in a second when we yeah. start. but as far as what i'm doing guys is this guy right here this is oh uh, yes yeah this is this is reaper miniatures uh mal dracar it's, it's a beast of a kit and there it, you got the the two big bases that go with it um, so I've been working on this for the last couple of weeks. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> I, sh I, I, I'm kicking myself in the rear end because I normally paint dragons in the muted darker colors. I thought, you know, 
maybe I'll do this in colors. Now, for those like Omar probably doesn't know this. You guys know this. I have synesthesia. So whenever I paint, I have music playing. So the colors. And I kept seeing, listening to Pink Floyd and, and the Beatles, the, the Magical Mystery Tour album. This is what I see. These are the colors I see. So I tried to emulate that. And it, when I first started doing it, I was like, man, I don't know. You know, because to try to do it, do a Tiamon head, it's kind of difficult, man. You know, some people don't have a hard time pulling those colors off, you know, to try to get them in there. I got lucky. They came out okay. I got lucky. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been working on is this big guy right here. Yeah. What I've been working on this week is, um, and I've been posting on Hobby Link, is the, um, mm -hmm. the, Green, the Green Lantern statue. Yeah. We've seen it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. This is all done. This is all resin. All resin. And the base of it is pretty. Uh, let me see if I can reach it. This is the base of it. Wow. And that's in yeah. resin also? Yep. Okay. How yeah, big is your resin printer then? What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How big is your resin printer? What what sort of size can it print? Um, I have an Epax X10, which the build volume on it is, um, if memory serves me correct, it can do 10 inches in height. Uh, eight inches width and five and a half inches um, deep. Wow, that's big. Yeah, it's 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 actually a mid size. It's not as big as the Frozen Transform or the Piopoli, which are I believe that their um their build height their the height tops out at four hundred millimeters, which is a lot bigger. But mm -hmm. I have um two anacubic photon S's, and then I have the E patch X10. So that's how I progressed. I started out with the FDM, the the, the Ender threes, and the CR10. I wanted better quality, so then I got an acubic photon, which I was just printing the heads and the hands um, for my figures. And then I heard about the Epax um, X10, which was like a mid-size. It wasn't as expensive as the um, as the uh, Piopoli and the Transform. It was, um, I mean, it's still not cheap, but it was not um, close to $1,800, like with the video the two. So that's when I got that one. I've been very happy with it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tank. I mean, it, it prints really good, and it's been, been a very productive printer. And yeah. this, this was my first Star Trek ship on the printer. Yeah, I saw the pictures of that mm -hmm. on yeah. uh, Hobby Link. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the de the detail on it. You can even see the little spire right there, little the, the, on the on the end of the uh, the, the nacelle on the basard. Yeah. That's how that's how much that's how much detail these these resin printers can give out, and they're all pretty much all these resin printers are pretty much they're all identical technology. There's different sizes, and the software may be tweaked a bit, but they're um, they're all pretty much the same. So, uh, how long would something like that take to print? The uh, the Daedalus, the Star Trek ship, because I printed it, I could have printed it like this on a build plate. But yeah. then I would have had a lot of supports underneath here and a lot of cleanup. So I printed it like this. Yeah. And then it takes longer. It doesn't matter how much you have on the build plate. What matters as far as print time is this, is the height, the Z-axis. With FDM, the, the print time is determined not only by, by the, the Z-axis, but then also the X and Y-axis, how much you have. Because the head has to travel along the build plate. Yeah. But with these type of resin printers, it actually projects the whole layer at a time. So it's the whole layer 
get to project it. So the only thing that determines the build time is, is your z-axis, the height of it. So this was, uh, I think it was uh, 20 hours. Wow. 20 hours, yeah. That's not so, bad. Yeah. So I'm very happy. I'm very happy with the resin printing and the technology is just getting better. Um, I've heard that they're, um, they have a, what's called a monocure screen, which is going to be 4K as far as resolution, and it's, it's supposed to be twice as fast. So that's that's something to um, to be, uh, to look into. But I'm going to wait for all the kinks to get worked out because uh, it's brand new technology. So I don't want to be a guinea pig. So I'll you know I'll wait for it to yeah. you know, all the kinks to get worked out, and then I'll invest in it. So, I mean, just out of curiosity, when you first um, got involved in 3D printing, um, it must have been quite early on because 3D printing, um, I know it's been out quite a long time, but not in the public eye so much. Um, yeah, I, I, got, I got into it. It's been two years. Yeah. And I actually got into it for work. Um, the company I work for, they were wanting some uh, some prototypes for um, like parts for printers, and I was thinking about getting a 3D printer anyway, just to actually to 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 be a supplement to my styrene models, you know, to make parts here and there and to do mods and stuff like that. And between those two needs, I, I ended up getting the um, the first thing I got was an Ender three, and then it just evolved from there. As far as I. All my styrene models are pretty much sitting in the closet, and I've been selling them all because I, I just I don't touch them. I don't touch them anymore. Uh, well, you, I mean, you wouldn't if you've got a resin resin printing far better than PLA. There's there's no doubt about that. Yeah, um, and just the fact of being able to print like that, deadless. I mean, that's something that's never been done as far as uh, at least I don't I can't I don't think so as far as a model kit for that for that one. And what I did now. For this one to print it bigger, what I um, I cut it right here at the neck. Yeah. I cut off the individual nacelles. I split the hole in half. I split the globe in half along this axis right here, and I'm basically increasing this. Um, this one was nine and a half inches. Um, I've increased the file size to print it at sixteen inches, and I'm doing it in clear resin so I can light it up and doing mm -hmm. it hollow. So it's just, you know, the ability to do that. You know, it's like we all know we want those model kits that they never, ever do. You know, yeah. they only do the, the tried and true, you know, the repops and stuff like that. So this way it's just I get to print you know, the models that I've always wanted. So are you going to – do you think this will become a full-time sort of occupation for you? You'll give up oh, your regular work or – No, 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 no. This, this is, this, this is uh, for enjoyment. I do print for pay, but – um. I'm very happy with my day job. You know, they, they take care of me very well. So, I mean, when I retire, for sure, you know, with the technology by then has progressed even further than I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be doing that full time. But for right now, it's just mainly a hobby. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so what, what sort of big jobs do you think you've got in terms of printing? Is there, is there something out there that you really want to, you're looking forward to having a go at or something on the cards that I've got, I've got two prototypes um, that I'm doing right now. And I, I wish I could show one because it's one of my favorite characters, but um, the, 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 the company that I'm doing it for they're well, the guy that I'm doing it for what he wants, to, he sent me the file 
and he wants me to print it and paint it, then um, then present it to a statue making company, and then they might might they might mass produce it. Uh, so right. yeah, okay. that's that's one that I'm I'm really um, I'm really happy with how it came out and um, what it's looking like. Um, another large project that I have is um, it's a diorama for the Avengers. And I started on Captain America, and this is going to be one six scale. But when it's done, then the diorama is going to be like maybe two feet high. Two feet. Yeah, because um, they're, the the characters are going to be staggered one on top of each other. Yeah. It's, going be, it's going to be like a mountain, and then the, all the characters are going to be on different layers on the mountain. So wow. yeah, and this is the uh, the cap one. You can see the detail on his um his armor. Yeah. So let me just uh, bring your screen up so everyone can get a better look at that. Oh yes, I see. Yeah, you got all that. Yeah, all the scaling. Very nice. Yeah, uh, your, your dragon uh, gill is um, resin, isn't it? No, no, it's not. No, this is. Uh, I don't know what what what. what... <clears throat> Um, but it's a it, you can get it. I see. I've seen it. The master in in, in resin. Um, I've also seen it. Uh, it painted uh, at the World Expo here yeah. back in uh, in what uh, two years ago. I saw it. In, I believe it was resin. The, the mass produced one is is kind of like that that bones plastic that they use. But this is one of their better ones. There are some that I have that are just. And, and I like them, but they're garbage. Yeah. Well, could you, can, we, can we have another look at that dragon? Because it brings up something that I've... I mean, wow. now we've got it on the big screen, we can have a, a, a better look at that. Look at the detail on that, and that's not resin. No. Um, so plastic is getting better as well. I mean, yeah. look at mm -hmm. that. How do you... What, what printer do you have? This wasn't done on a printer. This is a mass-produced. Uh, oh, um, oh, okay. Figure. It's it's a mass-produced piece, you know. Um, okay, all right, okay. Yeah, and there's the the other part of its base. When it's done, it'll be on a diorama. Okay. Like, oh, this is uh the wings. You know, they're separate. The heads are all separate. That you know, um, the arms are all separate. Well, these. Oh, uh, yeah. This one and this one are separate. The legs are together. But yeah, this is just it's a it's a big chunk of. You can see it down there. There's the plastic. See it? Wow. Yeah. And it's heavy. It's a heavy piece, a very bulky piece. Um, it, it was giving me fits because, you know, I had to paint the heads separately. You know, not the necks, but the heads. Um, I had to put the necks on because you have to fill the seams in here. So I had to do that. And I'm not a brush painter. I'm an airbrusher. You know, most of this has been done. With, with a paintbrush. Um, I put the, the the layers with an airbrush, but then I went in with a paintbrush. So it's taken me, this is three weeks worth of work right here. Um, yeah, that's a lot of work, isn't it? Well, I mean, I don't know how the colors are transitioning through the, through the thing there, but there, and it's funny because I'll show you, right? These are all the colors I used. Um, and it's, let me switch this around. See that? All of the, every, well, come on, you. Everything you see there is everything that was used on this dragon. Nice. So, yeah. all of this, you know, there's just, 
an awful lot of paint slapped on this. But it, it, I didn't know how it was going to come out. It's a beautiful piece. I mean, the, the, the sculpt itself. I think the lady's name is Julie Guthrie. Um, and I just finished another one, but he's back there somewhere. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He's upstairs. He went upstairs. Mama keeps the dragons. Whenever I do the dragons, she keeps them. You know, so this one here, I don't know where I'm going to put it. It's huge, you know. Oh, it's a never-ending problem, running out of display space. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a big yeah. problem. That's, that's a problem with modelers as well, I think. It's, it's just you're building stuff. I'm building stuff now, and I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I have to build a pro well. I did a car not too long ago, but I I'm like I, I'm like Omar. I I haven't built many model kits in the last couple of years. And the, Josh and them they always kid me because I started a, a a King Tiger, and they, they, I was supposed to cut it. <laughs> thing. Now I've got it all painted except for the interior, and then I bought the tracks for it. And I'm these guys always oh, forever. Hey Gil, you ever finished that tank? I'm like shut up, shut up, because it's sitting right here. Right down there in the box, you know. I've never, I haven't finished it. I, I'm I'm more of a figure painter than I am a model builder now. Wow. So yeah, yeah, and, and I'm running out of space for those now too because I've got figures all over the place here that are, that are painted. Some have went to their homes, their respective homes that they were going to. Um, usually, what happens is I'll paint something, somebody sees it and says, "Hey, you want to sell that?" And yeah, sure. It's gone. Unless Mama says I like that, and then that that doesn't leave the house. Yeah, so. yeah. See, I can't, I can't do that. I mean, I've had people ask me to buy my stuff. I just can't part with it after putting so much time into it, and I just the can't. Thing, the thing with, you know what? The, since you brought that up, Omar, the thing with that is people don't appreciate the time you've put into it. Oh God, no, no, no. It's like with this dragon, you know. I mean, they don't. There's got to be forty hours at least in this guy. You know, I mean, that's not all 40 hours of sitting there doing this, this, but it's you know, over the course of three weeks, there's about 40, 30, 40 hours in this guy. What do you value your time at? You know, and then when somebody says you know, they'll make you a, the, the piece itself is what, about $120, you know, and then you got to put it together. You got to fill the seams. Then you then you paint it and then they tell you, hey, I'll give you 200 for that. And that, don't insult me like that. You know, you know yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, don't do that. Yeah. Um, so you know where I'm going and then you don't want to get rid of it because you don't want to when people tell you what will you sell that for and you give them a number they're like what I'm like dude you don't know the time I put it in this thing. yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're a figure painter um, I would there's a couple of Facebook groups that are for like the statue communities especially a lot of the statue collectors um, what I've been doing is I've been posting the prints that I do in there and I've actually done four print for pay for them they're willing to pay the money because like the existing statues, like from Prime One and for XM Studios, those guys are shelling out like after shipping and everything, like two thousand dollars. Well, I have people that'll buy them. There are people that contact me, and, and a lot of times there's a lot of stuff I paint that I don't post. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? They don't want it posted. Yep. I'll have something sent to me, and and the way I do it is this is what it is. You you know. They have a little contract. Once I write it up, it's through a Facebook messenger. This is what it is. If you agree to it, there's the PayPal. Good 70, 75, 80% of the time, they pay it off. And then they just send it to me when it's done. Because they know they know my work. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not a commission guy. I don't do it for commission. I do it because I like to do it. 
But every now and then I'll get somebody to say, hey, I want you, can you do this for me? I'm like, sure. Of course. I'll yeah, well, it's, this is it. It's like when I used to do the commissions and stuff. Mom was mainly aircraft and motorbikes. They'd, they'd get a kit, same as you say, Lamar, and same as Gil said. You'll get a kit and they'll say, oh, can you build us this? And then by the time you put in, how long it's going to take you to put it together, fill it, paint it, and do put your mark on it, and you tell a man which is going to cost to go. Well, the kits only cost me ten bucks or something like that, and you want five hundred. Well, yeah, that's my time to give you what you want, and it just got to the stage where I just stopped doing commissions in the end. Well, you get. I do the like, like, as Omar said, there are some serious people out there that know the value of that work. Yeah. And they're willing to pay for it. And those those are the people, you know, they, they generally, of course, everybody's looking for a deal. But they generally, when you tell them what it's worth, they'll either say yes or no. Most of the time, the serious people will say, okay, how do I get it to you? When do I get it done? Blah, blah, blah. The, yeah, well, the vast majority of the people you see on Facebook that, that try to get, you know, like the, the general people that try to get you, that will ask you to paint you something, or you want them to paint something, they want you to paint something for them, and you tell them the price, oh, well, you know, I can get it cheaper, then go there. Go there. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I've, I've got one commission I'm doing at the minute because I was contacted by uh, a mate's wife. Mm -hmm. And... Basically, I'm going to turn that into a husband. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Standing at the side of his motorbike to get on his bike. <laughs> okay. So he's got that bike. So I'm building it up and painting it because it's, he's added a few bits and pieces to the standard bike. So I'm in the process of making the accessories that he's put on, right? So it will be painted black because his bike's name's Ebony. So it's black and chrome, right? I've got to adapt the figure because got the wrong jacket on and stuff because he's got a leather cut off on and stuff. So I've got to adapt that. And then she wants me to put the bike into a, a one twelve scale shed with his workbench and all his tools on. That's a lot of work, yep, a lot of work. Right. And she just turned around and said to me, she says, I've, I've, I've seen all your bikes when you used to do the, uh, the live shows on a Saturday night and stuff. She says, and plus I've met you. She says, what sort of figure was, would we be looking at for doing this bike for me? So she sent me the two kits. I, was like, well, I gave her a figure. She says, yeah, go on then. I thought, oh, fair enough, she's agreed. That's it. So there'll be no pictures going up of it or anything, and not till it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, um, what, what, uh, I'll ask him, I'm like, look, you know, you've seen my work on, on, on FB. Like what Omar said, he's got something that he can't show that's off to the side. You know, they don't want it shown. You get people that'll tell you, I, you know, that's mine. I don't want to see it. If I, and I, you know, it's up to them. You know, they're paying for it. Yeah. So, they're the ones that see the updates. Like, if you're printing something, you know, some people don't want to see it. Hey, just print this up for me and then send it to me or paint it for me, send it to me. And if they want to show the pictures, let them do it. 
you know. Um, yeah. yeah, that's generally what the way I do it, you know. Um, what, so, you see, what you see posted is either mine or I'm doing it for somebody that doesn't mind me post. They want to see it. They want to see, you know. So, it happens with the, the 3D, I guess. Just to, just to flip it on its head and give this a different perspective, um, I'm guilty of being one of those people years ago, not now, but I'm probably guilty of being one of those people that would say how much to um, paint that um, and then probably would have gone, wow, that's, that's a lot. Because back then, I didn't realise, like, I would go in a gift shop and I would see these uh, models that have got hand-painted written on them. And I felt they were too dear. And, and they were, you know, they, they were fair size and they were intricate stuff. But, yeah, mainly probably massively produced in China, I guess. But um, I, I just didn't realise until I got into modelling and until I started doing fi figure painting especially, I didn't realise how much work went into um, painting a model. I, I painted, a, I made my daughter a Dobby figure. And I put so many hours into it. Um, I mean, I've not got gills... Um, level of expertise so I, I was probably doing double what gills done because I, I you know i was doing stuff and having to rub it out and start again so i probably put well over 80 hours into that figure mm -hmm. um and that's when it started to dawn on me that when when i see hand painted on on stuff now i've got a whole new level of respect for the price that's on it and what that means well see that's like what 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 omar showed that iron man you probably got about what 25 30 hours in printing it yeah okay yep. so that's 25 30 hours of printing just sitting there printing it. but that doesn't take into account he had to scale it he had to go into a program move it around do all this stuff in there so you know wait like it yeah yep. hours there you know playing around with that then you got to put it together if if one piece doesn't fit right, you got a seam there. You got to fill all those seams up. You got to clean it up. Hour, maybe two hours, depends on how long you can do that. Some people take longer. Now you got to paint it. What's the painting? What what did it take you to paint, Omar? The Iron Man, I'd say, because I was doing the all clad method, which takes longer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It took me like a week. Okay, so now you got a week. So you figure you've probably got about twenty hours in painting it, right? Mm -hmm. Is more or less. What's your time worth for painting it? Twenty-five dollars yeah. an hour, twenty dollars an hour. So, if you if you're a, if you paint, if you do these, and you me personally, you're gonna I'm charging anywhere between twenty to twenty-five dollars an hour to paint. It just it, sometimes it takes me four hours, sometimes it takes me longer, but you're gonna get that's my basic rate. 20 to 25 dollars an hour that's not counting cleaning it up that's not counting putting it together that's not counting shipping so when you're done this guy right here if i were to sell this guy right here it's going to run you about two grand easy i've already had somebody ask me if i would paint that for them 
And I told them exactly what that's going to cost. If you want it painted like that, that's what it's going to cost you. Oh, man, that's a lot. Then you do it. And then you come back and tell me how long it took you to do it. God bless you if you can pull it up. If you do it, God bless you. But then you'll get a good understanding of how long and how much, how many paints. There are literally 15 different colors in this guy. And then that's just acrylic paint. That We're not talking about inks now. Now I've got about another six or seven different kind of inks that are going over everything, you know, slowly. So when you're doing something like what Omar does or what Mike does and stuff like that there, these people don't appreciate the time that goes into that. They don't appreciate the time that you sit down and you get a file. Now you get this file. It's a raw file. You open it up with whatever program you're using. You got to clean that file up sometimes. They don't appreciate all that. So when you, you if they ask you, hey, uh, can you print this for me? I got the file. I'll give you a hundred dollars. You're out of your goddamn mind. No, excuse me again. I'm sorry. You're out of your mind. That's okay, yeah, we're out, of out of your mind. That's not gonna cost. If you want me to take a raw file and print that, you're you're not taking into account my time, the resin, the time I got to sit there to clean that thing up, the printing. It's not gonna cost you hundred bucks. You know, yeah. if, uh, from a raw file. You know, so. It's a bit insulting, really, isn't it? Yep. Well, I mean, I, I'm not a printer. I'm a painter. So Omar can tell you that. What, what yeah. that when someone says that to you, because I know talking to Mike, you know, uh, uh, NY3D Creations, I know what he goes through sometimes. Like that mask, that mask he did for me. That was done as a gift. That wasn't done because he was going to sell it. Then people saw it because I painted it and they wanted one. And they're they're hitting up with questions. Does it does it filter? Does it is it good for COVID? Dude, it's a mask. It's just a it's something you put on a desk. You know, I'm putting it on outside as a joke. I got a mask up underneath it, but I put the damn thing on and I go out as a joke to you know, hey, stay away from that, you know. But then you got people asking you, hey, can you put filters in it? All this, Omar, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you? It's like, dude, this is the file you gave me. Now you want me to go in and start doing all this other stuff? Now he could speak to that because I'm not. Gonna, yeah, you know? it's gonna cost because you know, I'm learning. I'm I'm trying to learn how to do the the designing of it, um, because I've been um, there's a, a lot, quite a few things that I I still haven't seen that are available yet for printing mm -hmm. that I would like to, and that's all, the the amount of time invested into designing. That's like a whole other. It yeah. is not. It is not easy. I mean, what I see these guys doing. I, I've I've sat in on a couple of live shows on Facebook and seeing some designers and what they do. It is not easy whatsoever, and it's going to take time for that. For somebody wanting, if somebody approached me and wants, like, say, something of the of the type of like that Green Lantern, they want it designed, then they want it printed, then they want it painted. The designing alone, that's at least fifteen hundred, easy. That's on the low end, and that's on the low end. That's on the low end. Yep. The more detail you add, the longer it's going to take. Sure. If you want to start adding, you know, a fabric, you know, a fabric pattern to, you know, to his tunic and and some some wrinkles here and there, all that is extra time. 
Then the printing part of it. The printing part of it, as far as figuring out my cost, that's easy because I enter in the price of the resin on mm-hmm. my slicing software. And after I process every part, it tells me exactly how much that part costs. Yep. So I can, I can, that's easy to, to factor in. Do you, do you use Cura for that? No, I use Chichubox. It's a free software that, that um, came with the Anacubic Photons. And then it will profile that uh, work for the EPAX X10. It's a great yeah. software. I can hollow out. I can do all sorts of rotations. You can make custom supports. The one thing that I cannot do it with that slicer software is repair um, files that are non-manifold. And what that means is that sometimes designers, they won't close off. There may be a curve, and then there's a hole in that curve, but they forgot to insert a triangle inside there. So that's yeah. what's called this non-manifold. It's got a hole. So when you go to print it, there's no information there for it, there for it to print. Perfect example. I mean, and I showed it to the designer. Um, there's a hole right Yeah, I see it. There. That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see it. Yeah. He forgot to put information there. So but wherever there's no information, it's not going to print. So there's a, another software that I used back in my FDM days called um, Idea Maker, and it's free. And you can slice in there for FDM printers. But... Um, and FDM is like, again, if anybody's watching that doesn't know, FDM is um, fused deposition modeling. It's laying, layering plastic one on, one on top of the, one layer on top of the other. Okay. It basically, basically melts it. And um, that's why you have all the, uh, the really noticeable layer lines because you can tweak it as much as possible. You still, you're always still going to see those layer lines if you look close enough. Yeah. Um, there's a, a slicer called Idea Maker, which can open up a file and then do an automatic repair, and it automatically closes all the holes. And it does a really good job of interpreting what was supposed to be there and trying to mimic it. If the pattern is not super complicated, it'll 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 seal it off. And then you just save it, you export it as an STL again, and when you go to print it, it prints just great. And it's called Idea Maker. I found I got that. Um, there was a guy on YouTube. He's a young guy, Angus. Um, he's got Maker's Muse. He's uh, been around 3D printing for a long time, uh, more on the FDM side. And um, when I was doing the FDM printing, I found out about the software, and it actually works for resin as well. It's for any STL file that you want to print. Yeah. So just moving on slightly, where do you stand on, um, uh, like, I can't remember the term they use for it, the copyright business. Um so you've created a figure. Um, you've brought it out, and then I don't know. You you find out that somebody else is selling that figure, um, maybe uh, ten times cheaper than you are. Where where, where's, where do you stand on that? Because there's there's a there's a mixed group in um, in in modelling, and it's very much like a marmite thing. You've got people that um, agree with it and people that don't agree with it, but they're both in the extremes. They're either they really don't agree with it um, or they really do agree, if, if that makes any sense. You, like, Gil, you don't agree with it, do you, Gil? What's that? Um, so if, I can't remember what they actually call it. Some people say it's ripping off artists. Um, well, there's okay. I see where you're going. Yeah. Um, there are 
Now, I know a lot of people that print. I'm not a printer, so I don't, I, I can't speak to the qualifications of how a printer works or whatever. I know people that do it. If I need something, I get a hold of somebody. But I also know I'm a member of a bunch of those communities. So I know that, um, say, uh, a sculptor is sculpting a, I don't know, let's just say he's sculpting a skull. Okay. And it's his skull. He's, he's done it. So he kickstarts that STL, that file. A lot of these guys don't want to see that being sold. They're selling you the file, but they don't want to see it being sold. There's a lot of guys that do that. Now, there are some people that really don't care, but I know a few guys that buy the rights to sell that. So they'll, they'll go to that, that, that person that's selling that STL file and say, look, I'll get, what do you sell me if I sell this? Can I buy this? I'll sell it. I'll, what, what do you want for it? And they come to an agreement. I've, I've known a lot of people have gotten into trouble. Well, they'll take an STL file they get from, they buy from somebody, and they, they start posting it all over the place. This is what I got. Look at what I painted, blah. People, there are some people that, that take a bad, you know, view to that. I don't know why you bought the damn thing, you know, I'm showing it. Um, a lot of guys do it here. Um, let's say with Superman, you know, they'll do a Superman bust or, or figure and they'll go ahead and they'll post it. Well, some of these guys don't, they don't want to be known that they were doing that Superman because they took it from an existing figure. They made a file out of it. They printed it. They sold that STL file and now you're posting it everywhere. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's the nature of the beast, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to get around that. I know that there are some people that frown on it. There are some people that have gotten in trouble for it. There are some people that are, you know, people say, hey, that guy's a jerk because he did it. My thing is this here. If, say, you got it, you know, somebody buys an exclusive STL file from somebody, and I know people have done that, and they print that and they sell that, and then somebody else is doing the same thing, they they take it they take an offense to that because they bought the exclusive right to that, and then somebody else is selling it. China, for instance, you know. So what are you gonna do? You can't stop China from doing it. There's three hundred billion of them doing it. You know, whatever. Can but I, it, yeah. but in the community, and Omar, he's he belongs in these communities. He's probably seen the the bit about it. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'll let him speak about it. Go ahead. Yeah. When. When the 3D community really exploded and started doing all the figures and stuff, there was a lot of sharing going on, and it wasn't frowned upon. If you got a, say, for instance, you got a Superman file and somebody else had a Batman file and you guys wanted to exchange, you could do that. That has gone away. That's really, um, they're not happy with people sharing files. And I understand that. You know, if you pay for something, you know, it's it's you know it's something for you to use, not to be either sharing or trying to resell that in actual um, STL file. I you know I perfectly agree with that. Um, and now what they're doing to even try to prohibit that even more, there's marking software. You actually marks the STL with some kind of secret mark or secret number somewhere on there on, on a digital file. Yeah. And say for instance, if I buy a Batman, and they'll mark it for specifically for me but then a copy of that batman file pops up on some sharing group 
and it's my copy. I'm going to get blacklisted from mm -hmm. that group yeah. For, yeah. for sharing that, and rightfully so. Yeah. yeah. So I completely agree with that. Now, on the subject of, like I said, I used to, because I would, I, I would admire some statues that were already produced by some of the professional companies like XM and uh, uh, those, those, those kinds of Prime One. I actually got into it XM. I got contacted by them because I printed a Thor. They never produced it. It was a concept. And the designer had, and they were like promoting it like it was going to be produced, but I guess they never, they never generated enough interest. They never got enough POs in order to start producing it. Here, this one crowdfunding group, we contracted a guy to say, okay, you know, it never got made, so let's, let's try to make our own. Let's try to make the own, our own SDL file. The guy designing it did a beautiful job. Beautiful. I, Thor, one of my favorite characters, and I was like, I got to print this. So I print it, and then proudly I post it. Look how good it came out. XM hammered me. Emails contacted me on Facebook. Where did you get the file? You're not supposed to have it. This was, you know, this is our property. And I was like, look, I understand if you're upset, you know, you guys never made it. I didn't steal the file from anybody. This is the person that designed it. Yes, did, did, was it a basically a one-for-one -one copy of what this other designer did. And that designer contacted me. How did you get my file? And I go, look, I'm going to show you the work in progress pictures of the other designer that he actually, you know, look, we admired your work so much that it was, it was, a, it was an homage. You know, I, I'm sad that you never got the statue manufactured from your awesome design. Right. My last communication with XM was, well, bottom line is this. Thor, you know, I apologize for printing that. That design, which was almost an identical a copy of what you had proposed to make at one point in time, but never did, I apologize. And from that point on, I've never done that. Yeah, but, I did, but I did remind them, you do not own the copyright to Thor, a mythological character, period, bottom line. So, okay, yeah, okay. That, that design... I completely agree with you, and well, I because, yeah, because that was a specific design. You know, yeah, if you, if you wanted to do, say, your own concept of Thor, there's no way you can stop that. You can't exactly. stop a Zeus or a Loki. Yeah. That's, that's something what, that's been in the in three thousand years. You know, so yeah. there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, part, part of the part of the email was like the whole uh, we own the copyright. So I'm like, you don't own the copyright to Thor, right? First and foremost. So I just I just want to interrupt there because um, I was. Uh, I was actually referring to, I think it's called cold casting. Um, oh, okay. I, oh, okay. I was um, referring to model figures um, that um, you, they sell mainly in places like Russia and China. They'll they'll take figures that uh, exist and they recast them. They recast them and they sell them back at a fraction of the price. Oh, you're gonna, you're going to get blacklisted. You start doing that. You know, yeah, yeah, so, well, yeah. Here, Mark, I'll give you an example. There's a brother in Russia, phenomenal painter. I met him in Chicago here at Adepticon a couple of years ago. Damn good, beautiful painter. Man is phenomenally talented. He's doing, he did, and he's, I believe, he's still doing one more. He did all, uh, if you know Warhammer, uh, the 40k universe, he's doing all the Primarchs in one six scale. Wow. They are phenomenally gorgeous. I'm a big fan of those Primarchs. So I was doing everything I could to get my hands on, on those figures. And he came back and said, Gilbert, I can't sell you this. I can't even send you one. 
He said, because if you paint that and you put it up and somebody sees it, our games workshop is going to come down on me like a ton of bricks because those figures, he's got them all done. Now, they're his personal ones. He's not selling them that I know of. And, and I trust him when he says he's not selling them. He's got all these primers. He's got the, the emperor on his throne. He's got Sanguinis, all of them. If he were to sell one of those, they come down on him like a ton of bricks. If they find out he's going to get, you know, he's going to get shut, uh, cease and desist, he's going to get sued, whatever. There, because they own the intellectual property rights to those Primarchs, if they show up in an STL file somewhere, you better believe they're coming down on them. That, you know, but yeah. he's a Russian. I mean, he's in Russia. I don't know if he's doing I'm, I don't live there, so I don't know what he's doing. But yeah, yeah, I mean that's what you know. If if those things ended up being cold casted and sold, yeah. But I know you you can go on eBay, and you can a lot of these models that are floating around now that um, uh, that the companies um, want to charge seventy and eighty quid for, and that's that's right. You know that's what they. You can go and see them for fifteen pounds um, on eBay. But they come from Russia or they come from China. Well, it, now, it's like, that, like that Titan that Josh is doing. You know, that's that's a file. I mean, it, it's his own personal one. He's not putting that out there. But I can buy that thing in resin out of China. Uh, Games Workshop will sell me that thing for, I don't know. Two grand I, without the weapons. I was just about to say that. It's about $2,000, but you don't get the weapons. By the time you buy all the weapons, you're probably into it close to three grand. But I can buy that. From China, for about seven eight hundred bucks. But see, with me, I'll paint it, and then if I show a picture of it, where'd you get that from? Because you know, we're, we're, Gilbert. You know, no, see, that's a that's a headache I don't need. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, all right, I'll go. All right, I'm going to confess to something here. Sure, that good. I bought. Um, I came across this this Russian thing on eBay. And uh, as many people will know, I'm, I'm not a wealthy person. So um, I, I found a particular model I liked, and it was £15. Now, um, I know that it's on sale um, in this country for around 80 or 90 um, 80 or £90, pounds, somewhere around that region, no more than that. Um, I didn't know about this cold casting at the time. When I bought it, I honestly didn't know about it. And I bought it, and it came, and it looked great. It looked, you know, it looked every bit like the one that I was seeing mm -hmm. everywhere else. And I started painting it. And at the time, I, you know, I was in a group. I was painting it. And so people would start saying, um, well, where'd you get that from? And I said, ah, how much do you think I paid for this? And, you know, they'd say, you know, 60, 70 pounds. I went, no, 15. Got it from Russia. And the tone in the group would change because there were so many people that once you admit to having bought, I, I didn't know, but I soon realised that um, you are not looked on kindly when you start buying 
that sort of thing. I've never bought one since. Yeah. Pardon me. Well, um, that, 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 that's the same as like what Omar was saying about designing your own product. He's designing something right now for someone. If that file ever got out and it's, he starts seeing it being sold for $15, $20 on, on, on these sites, you know, he'd be yeah. pretty well to be upset about it because that's his time. Same thing with Mike. My, I know Mike has got a, a, a few of those figures that he's bought exclusive rights to. Him. And you start seeing them on eBay. I've seen a few of them on eBay. They, they, whoever's printing them don't know what they're doing. You know? Yeah. And they're selling them. They're selling a, a, a figure for two hundred dollars. You know, it's like whoa, 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 dude! I I own the rights to that. You know, because I bought it from the sculptor. From the person that did it. Same thing with like Omar. He's if I go to him and tell him sculpt me a dragon, that's my dragon. I don't want it out nowhere else. And I see that thing starting to show up somewhere else. I'm gonna be pretty upset because I own that dragon. Mm-hmm. How can you own a dragon? Well, these are my designs that I went into it. Yeah. That's my dragon. If I want to sell it, that's one thing. If this if it gets out there and it starts being cold cast, and now I'm upset about it. Now I'm sure yeah. I can tell you. You know he's printing up stuff. I mean, if he does something that's um, that's exclusive to him, talk about it. I'm like, what would you do? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I would not be a happy camper. There it is. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, it's the recast. I mean, I bought one like five years ago, six years ago. It was a Batman versus Sun. Uh, I'm sorry, Superman versus Dark Side. Something I really wanted. And like like you, Mark, I was not you know aware of the whole controversial you know. Like, there, yeah. I, I was like, oh wow, Thailand! This guy's got it for forty bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got it. You know, it was nice. And I'm like, oh man, you know, this this is great. You know, I'm I, you know I'm gonna really enjoy you know doing this. And it was um, who was it? It was Kenny. He's like, oh man, don't do that. You know, you're feeding a bad habit, and I, and then he was like, he explained it all to me. I'm like, you know, you know what, dude, you're right. It makes sense. Yeah, you know? I had somebody do the same thing to me about six years ago. Over my right shoulder, you see a black cabinet there. At the bottom of that cabinet, there's got to be about 15, 20 different uh, resin figures that I bought about six years ago, and I showed them to a friend of mine, Savage Forge Mitty's Dread, Mark, and Mark looked at me and said, Gilbert, you you don't want to do that, and he says, the minute you start posting that, he says. You're done, you know, because I told them where I got them from. They have never been painted. They're sitting in that cabinet on the bottom two shelves. Never touched them. Because that's a headache I don't need, man. I didn't know nothing about it. I just saw them on eBay and like, oh, man, that's cool. I'll buy this, you know. And then I find out later on, you know, as you get into this and you start, you know, learning more about it, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, that's that's something you don't want to. And now people do it. I get it. You know, they, you know, they. Because they get it cheaper, that's fine. You know, I mean, I know people that do it, but they don't show them. But the whole point is, you're literally stealing from the person that made that figure. You know, you're taking money out of his pocket. You know, for what it doesn't matter what it costs, you're stealing intellectual property. And you start posting that as a creator, whether it be on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, whatever platform you're using. I start posting something like say this that I stole, you know, that I bought it on, on, on from China. And your name is mud, and you're not gonna get it back. Once once they start realizing that you're 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 painting and buying or whatever, uh 
uh, copies of stuff from China or Russia, you yeah. know, you're toast. You're toast. You're never. I mean, gonna... I, I'm I'm a former photographer, and it um, it happens a lot in photography. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, um, and I've I've had my photos pinched and used elsewhere, um, and it it was. For a long time, it was a big, big issue in photography. I've not been in photography for a while now, so I haven't kept up with the latest technology. But the idea of a stamp in in, in your digital file um, used to use that all the time. In Adobe at the time, um, there was this uh, software that could put a digital link to you in your picture. Um and you could scan any picture then, and it would it would show if your link was in there, it would show it would up. Show it. Yeah, and um, yeah. it was. Uh, and I remember once I had my uh, work taken. I can't remember what it was. It was a long time ago now. Um, Angela would remember, but um, and and yeah, it uh, it really great when it. Um, when you see that somebody has used something that you've done, that you've had the idea and you've executed it and, and you've, you know, spent hours on the software tinkering with it and that, and then you've put it out there really proud. And then you see that image or part of that image has been taken because that's something that happens in photography a lot. They'll take part of the image and, and, copy and paste it over onto a different yeah. photo yeah. to try and get around the fact yeah. that yeah. So, it's, it's, yeah. it's a problem out there so yeah i mean i had um which one is it? yeah he's right here this guy the mandalorian um from one from one of the three 3d crowdfunding groups this guy here you know i printed it out and i was in the middle of printing it and finishing it and then i, I found the facebook group called the mandalorian i'm like you know oh cool you know i like i love the tv show let me join and and you know, see what other people are posting. If other people are printing and painting, anything like that, I go on there. I see my work in progress pictures that I posted on Instagram. And this guy was posting his own stuff. Oh, I've had but, that to me a couple of times. And yeah. I was just like, you know, I commented, I'm, you know, I had just joined, and I reached out to the admin. I'm like, uh, here's some screenshots of my Instagram, and from a couple of weeks ago, and this guy's posting it two days ago. He's using my stuff. And I, I messaged him. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, well, I meant to show that I have the file and how, what it can look like. And I'm like, then you just need to show the design. If you're intending on, on doing printing or anything like that, don't use my, my painting or my works of it, period. Of course, you know, he was passing it off as, as his, you know, like, you know, because everyone was saying, oh, that looks cool, whatever. And he's like, oh, thanks, 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 thanks. He never wanted to say, oh, well, you know, I, I found that image and I'm just showing what it could look like if you paint it and stuff like that. I, I can offer to, to, to print it for yeah. people. So now what I've what I've tried to do, um, I'm not real religious with it, is I have like a little watermark that I put somewhere on my images. So this way. They can't do it. I mean, it's a it's a it's a pain to be doing stuff like that. That people can't just do the right thing and this, you know. But the world we live in. On my desk are two uh, uh, big decals of my Starry Syndicate and my Red Dragon Mowers. And when I take a picture of something like that, that my figure is sitting right next to those. So you have to you have to really go in there and remove those. 
So I've seen my stuff shared, and and they give credit. I've also yeah. seen my stuff on eBay, man, where they'll use my figure, you know, and say, "Hey, look what I'm selling it." And then right away, as soon as people are good about it, they'll contact me. Hey, Gil, so and so is using this, and and I'll contact them right away. Hey, dude, remove it, remove it now. Yeah. Oh man, I'm sorry. No, you didn't ask me. You didn't seek my permission. Remove it. Yeah. I, I think um, Gordon wanted to come in. Now hey, Gordon, comment. What uh, Omar's just been on about with the uh, with his Mandalorian on a certain post. Uh -huh. I'm yeah. also a member of the said group that Omar's in, and I actually saw that come up and stuff. I, I, I saw. It. Oh, Omar sent me the pictures of that because we've been chatting in Messenger yeah. and stuff, and he actually sent me some pictures of his working process progress. Right. And then I had a new post come up on the said website. I thought, eh, this is strange. Omar's just sent me them. So I flipped, got my phone out and flipped through. And they were exactly the same as Omar's just said. They were his pictures on his site. It's his own work. And it was Omar's. And I'm thinking, hey, that's <laughs> not mine. And no, 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 no. Man, you got yeah. shady people out there that will do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they'll, do, they'll do anything for to gain money. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's wrong. Um, yeah, but, but on, on the other hand, no, no, what am I about? There is no other hand. But how um, did you, well, if you don't mind me asking, how did you get into the printing from the beginnings? If you can take us through that, uh, the printing from the beginning, um. I was building my styrene kits, you know, my models once in a while. Um, let me see here. That's one. Got some Star Trek stuff, some Gundam stuff. You know, that, that's what I was doing that. And like, like a lot of other people, I saw how I got back into it. As I saw Boyd building one of his Reliance, mm -hmm. his Reliant build. And I was like, he's putting lights inside of it. That's amazing. So it made me get back into the model building. And then there were just certain parts or certain things that I just was like, oh, man, I wish I could, I would try to, I would try to uh, scratch build it. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, only so good with that. And I was like, man, I wish it was a way of, of, of making this. And then um, I had gone to um, one of, one of the company locations that I work for in Huntsville. And um, one of the guys showed me, like a, 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 a replica printhead, and I'm like, "What is this made out of? I mean, it's plastic. What is this?" He goes, "No, we had a 3D printing," and I'm like, "I had heard of 3D printing, but I, I thought it was still this, you know, outrageously expensive device that you needed to to buy in order to make stuff." And he was like, "Oh no, this was done like on a little Ender three, and you know, I think we paid like you know, three hundred bucks for it." And I was like, "All right, cool." And then they were like. Um, you know, we're still we're still looking for somebody to do it, you know, on a regular basis. And I was like, well, you know, I'd be willing to invest in a printer and maybe print some stuff for the company and then do some stuff for myself. And that's how I got into it. And the very first print um, figure that I ever did was Magneto. He's out actually in displayed in the living room. Thank God my wife is okay with that. Um, and I was, I was so proud of myself. I look at it now and I can see the lines in it, you know, and but it, it was just it was such a new new experience for me to be able to basically make something from nothing. Yeah. And then 
the after Magneto, what I ended up printing was a lot of things for the house. It was like right before Christmas, and I had a whole bunch of yardsticks from like these candy canes that we have lining the driveway, and a bunch of the yardsticks had broken. I found the file on Thingiverse, and I made a whole bunch of them and replaced them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's when my wife walked in, and she goes, you know what you got there? You got a replicator. And I was like, you're right. I got a replicator. And um, <laughs> that was that was going to be one of my questions a bit later on. So as you brought it up, I'll interject it here. How long, if at all, do you think we are from a full-blown Star Trek replicator? Uh, like an actual molecules. <laughs> uh, not in our lifetime. Not in our lifetime. It, it, you know, I predict it will happen. It I will. think it will. Because basically a 3D printer is a primitive replicator yeah yeah Yeah. i mean it's you know it's just it's fdm is gonna get faster resin's gonna get faster they are 3d printing food they're 3d printing organs yeah they're they're 3d printing houses they have the huge like they look like cranes and they're actually laying down concrete layer of a concrete wall layer at a time so it's just all that this gets faster Higher resolution, neater, cleaner. So, not in our lifetimes, unfortunately. I mean, the one thing that I wish that they would invent really fast is transporters, because I I travel a bit for my work, and I would just love to be step on a pad oh, and appear somewhere else. But um, yeah, I mean, it's being able to make something from nothing. It, it's a kick. It's you know, I I kind of every once in a while I take it for granted, but then I stop and I'm like. I'm going from a bottle to this. I'm like, that is cool. And then when I had the roll of plastic, I would go, oh, I'm going from this, from a string of plastic to this. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And there, there are, in, as far as in the industrial section, they make moving intricate parts where they move with each other, like working wrenches and this working part. You know, it's, it's just amazing what they do. And, um, the last, uh, this is my second to my last trip to Huntsville, they actually um, purchased a metal printer, and it's just that is just a, that is just radical how that works. It just it, it, basically all the supports are, are made from a different material that, that will disintegrate when it gets sin- when it gets sintered. Um, it's a composite of basically metal fibers and this other material, and when they put it into like a sintering, which they, they actually heat it up to forge it. The model always shrinks like like twenty to thirty percent, and it becomes solid steel. Mm. Wow! It's just amazing. It's just I, I love the whole, and I just love being able to constantly learn something. It just keeps my mind activated. It keeps me, you know, using that brain muscle where I'm not getting stagnant. That's what I love about the hobby period. Whether it's styrene or whatever, it just keeps us always engaged and it keeps us sharp. Yeah. Well, I've struggled mostly with 3D CAD. That's what I want to com- conquer more than anything because I'd love to be able to – how many times have I broken something on a kit? I'd love to be able to go and make a new aeroplane wheel just yeah. uh, and, then, and then go and print it off. I'd love to be able to do that, but I yeah. just cannot get to grips with yep. 3D CAD. For I've that, been- For that, though – Sorry for interrupting you. For that, there's a real super fast, easy thing to do. Get yourself a 3D scanner. They're they're a little bit pricey, but they'll take a complete three 360 degree scan of whatever you have. So if, if you have 
say you want to you get like a a model kit that's maybe twice 2500 scale and you know there's no file out there in existence there's nothing in thing on thingiverse there's nothing anywhere you can take a 3d scan of that and then once you have that 3D scan and you convert it to an SEO, you can make it any size you want. That's what the dentists use when they do a uh, yeah. They they do a 3D scan. They got a little handheld thing they stick in there and they yeah. 3D scans everything. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, the learning how to design in CAD. I mean, you know that that's great. You know, and that's something I, you know I'm striving to do as far as you know how to design figures, how to design parts and stuff like that. Um, but I wish, you know, that that would be the next big purchase that I would love to get a 3D scanner. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because this way, you know, like for the, the flux chili grills, you know, I've got a set that, are, that I had purchased from Don when he was still around. I would love to scan that. Yeah. And then be able to print it on, on clear resin whenever I need it. Well, Josh, you 3D print. Yep, I well, do. Yeah, Josh is Josh is actually creating some sort of robotic slave. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, yeah. Oh, it's I on Thingiverse there for a while they had the the Warlord Titan, the actual like two foot tall Titan. So I I started printing that off like middle of last summer, and I just now pretty much finished printing it out a couple months ago. Which but, printer do you have? I have I have a CR10. I I just haven't been able to come up with the money to do either the resin or like an Ender three or. Well, the CR10. Those are I mean the one that I have, um, the Atom Lab Gantry. It's basically a CR10 clone. I love that printer. What, what the build height on yours is? What um, it's um, it's, what is it a uh, three hundred by three hundred by four hundred? Yep. Yeah, those, 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 they're, they're, they're workhorses for sure. So, so my actual question is when we're talking about resin, what is the, there's some people that say this is the messiest thing on the planet. And then there's other people that are like, no, this isn't too bad. What does it all take to actually get a resin printer and all the extra stuff you need? Okay. For resin printing, obviously you need the printer. Then you need you have to have the bottle of resin, but you need what's po you need to have post cure it. And for that, you will either um, they have some units that they sell. I saw some YouTube videos and decided to make my own. I have a small one. Um, uh, UV light, right? Yeah, UV light. I got UV strip lighting. Uh, Specifically, it, it can't just be any old UV strip lighting. It has to be UV strip lighting that emits, emits the energy at 405 nanometers. That's the curing, the level of energy curing for, for resin. So I got uh, basically a tin office garbage can when I have my two anacubic photons. We were printing smaller pieces. I got a tin office garbage can, and I lined the inside with adhesive LED strips. And then I got a little turntable on there that um, basically operates off of um, off of solar light, and that 405 also falls within the visible light. So it would, that little turntable was powered by the LED strips, and it would spin, and then it would just project all that um, stuff onto the to the model. So you print the model, you, you prepare it in your slicing software, and for resin, it's recommended 
if you want to save on resin, it's not, what's called this hollow out the prints. Because if, you, if you're printing bigger pieces and you're printing in solid resin, you'll go through a, a bottle of resin really, really fast. But it, it's, it's um, you have to know what you're printing. Like if you're going to do a figure and you want the base to be a little more stable, you, there's a part of the base you might print solid to give it some weight. So this way the model won't tip any to any any degree. And typically what I do, like, say, for instance, the, the Green Lantern right here. I did his legs, his boots, solid to give it some weight. I gave the arms and the, the fist solid, but the legs, torso, are all hollow to save me on resin. The cape was too thin to do hollow, so this is all solid. And then the head was solid as well. And depending upon how big... A project is if the head, like if I were going to do this quarter scale, then if the head's going to be much larger, then of course I'm going to do it hollow. And how you hollow it out in a software is you put, um, you first um, you can designate how thick the walls are of your of your print, and you can you can actually select that thickness. You don't want to go too thin because it becomes too flexible, and you might break it in handling. So it's always like a little a little bit of a uh, experimentation depending upon the size that you're printing. Like for the Green Lantern's legs, I selected 2.50 millimeters, and that gives you good strength. I mean, I'm squeezing, and I can't yeah. make it flex. So, and um, you print it out. You prepare your file. You hollow it out, and the next important thing is the orientation on the build plate. And what that is, is, hold on, I'll grab one of the small build plates, hold on. Yeah, I've heard about this, the orientation on build plates. Um, this is, uh, we were talking about it the other week, weren't we, Gordon? Some about 45 degrees is, yeah. am I about the same thing? Yeah. Okay, how it works is, you have a build plate right here. This is for, for the anacubic photon, it's pretty small. Yeah. And the prints, what happens is this will lower down and hit, make contact with like a, what's called a FEP film. And it's a clear piece of film. And right underneath that is the projection screen, which is a, a DLP resin printing, which is, I think it stands for, for digital light projection. Then you have SLA printing, which is the form, form two lab printers, which is are a lot more expensive. Those project a laser with basically... It's almost like an FDM printer. The laser projects. It starts shooting all over the layer, but it takes a little bit longer. With DL yeah. printing, this comes down, shoots the whole layer at one point in time, then it rises up, and then you have to have a little bit of suction to, to peel force in order to push it away, peel it away from the from the from the FEP. Then it comes down again, but it comes down again slightly higher, and then it projects the next layer, and it just keeps on doing that as you go building, 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 building. And then once so, you're done, I'm sorry, do go ahead. To, do you have to level that as, as it's on the build plate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you do. Um, the way I level um, my my photons, my EPACs, is I do a paper method. I remove the build plate, and I basically home this out. And it might be a little bit higher. Then I put a piece of just regular A4 paper, and I will lower this in, in small increments until there's a little bit of pressure. Yeah. And then I pull on the paper. And, oh, sorry, skip the step. You got to loosen 
the build plate. This has got a swivel. And then level it, put, drop it to where it's making pressure on, on, on the, the screen and the paper. And I'll tug on the paper. If I can pull out the paper slightly but not push it back in, that's a good level. And as long as it's applying equal pressure on both sides, then I'll tighten this. And then you take a little, uh, there'll be a button which will say calibrate Z axis. And then you hit that button and that's your, you've leveled it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not hard. I mean, with FDM printing, you have all sorts of different, you have your X calibration, you have your Y, and you got to do, you have your refraction, you have your, you know, your print speech for outer wall. It is resin printing, Z axis. That's it. So in, in in terms of I don't want to give too much away to people watching, but in terms of just material, just the resin material, how much would one of them figures cost just to print? Because um, you know, it's something I'm interested in getting into um, later the, on. The Green Lantern, the cost of resin, again, um, it all depends on how much you hollow and how much you print cell. The Green Lantern, as far as my and the resin, the resin I use is a little bit more expensive because it's the water washable, and that's fifty-two dollars for a liter as opposed to forty for regular, um, the regular Elegoo. Um, for the water washable, the cost of the Green Lantern and resin, I believe, was um, ninety ninety-five. Cost and resin that's for everything yeah. base in the figure. If you were to use the regular Elegoo, it probably would have been 80, it wouldn't have been as, yeah. as expensive because it's a cheaper resin. But for me, it's worth it to use the water washable, especially now with this other shortages of IPA. I just use water to clean my, my prints. I, I, yeah. uh, so. so, so I mean, basically, resin, um, obviously. PLA is a lot cheaper. Yes. So, see, there's many people considering going for resin printing, and I don't think they've realized that the cost is much more. Yeah. Um, so, really, if you want to go into resin printing, it needs to be um, – you need to be aware that it is yeah. going to pay more for your materials. You are going to get much better results, but it's uh, – again, your mistakes are a lot more costly as well, I should imagine, yeah. as well. Because yeah. a, another thing with resin printing is you, um, with FDM, you'll notice right away if you're going to have a mistake, if it's not sticking to the build plate or your layer uh, your layer height is slightly off and it's uh, you forgot to put a support and you start seeing the filament just hanging in midair and it's messing up, you'll see it right away. You can stop yeah. it. With resin printing, unfortunately, because the, the vat, when this plate goes down, it's inside the vat. So it might be an hour before you notice, oh, man, it's not printing. Then you got to stop. It goes up, and then you got to scrape it off. You got to clean off the FEP film. So for recovery from print failures, it's a lot longer than FPM. But calibration is a lot. Um, calibration of the printer is a lot easier than FPM. But then with resin printing, you have what's called, you have to be accountable for cleaning the resin print after after the fact. And the best way to clean it, you got to have an ultra, ultrasonic cleaner that will really get the resin, the excess resin off, off your piece. Then you have your post-curing. Before the curing, you got to remove the supports off of it. And what I typically do, because the resin is still soft before curing, that's when I do a lot of my cleanup on my models. 
where you yeah. don't see a lot of the pitting and scarring, but the resin is still soft. And especially in a, in, a, in a bucket of warm water, the supports come off real super easy. Then I get like a hobby knife and a pair of um, model sprue cutters, and I'll just start smoothing it out. And it's easy, um, like um, on, uh, let me see here. Let me see if I can show it. The back of him, but how I angle, another thing for resin printing is knowing how to um, how to place your items on the build plate to minimize support. Obviously, the front of the model is what's going to be presented the most, right? So you don't want to angle the, the model on the build plate like this because then the supports are going to be on the front. Yeah. So the trick is to angle it backwards so this way the yeah. supports are on the back. So the supports will be on the back. And I don't know if you can notice it, but there's, there's some smart, slight marks there. So what I did was while the resin was still soft and in a tub of warm water, I just get this and I lightly scrape off any slight little marks. Yeah. Just try to clean up while it's still soft. And then once I've got it to a, a degree that I like it, then I cure it. Because you, you can do it after curing. You can sand it down. But doing it this way, the resin is still soft. And it's just, for me, it's less sanding. So, and, uh, so Omar, if people want to look at your work or, you know, want to contact you to get something done, what's the best way of getting in touch with you? Um, I have an Instagram right now. Um, I do have to – I have – a YouTube channel, but it is so old. I mean, I just, that's one thing I really got to work on is just balancing my time between printing, painting, and then trying to fit in some kind of video time there um, to where I can, you know, show my work more on YouTube. YouTube just seems to be where everyone gravitates to. Um, as far as pictures wise, I have all my stuff on Instagram, on my Instagram page. Um, I am... I have plans to just work more on YouTube, set up my YouTube channel more, and then I'm going to set up a separate Facebook page for all the work that I do. So it won't just be my personal one. It'll be, you know, Omar's, whatever, whatever I decide to call it. So um, if you get back in touch with us when you've got that created, we can let everyone know what the name you've decided on. What's your Instagram account so that, you know, if people it want is, to... Let me tell you the name right now. I believe it's Omar C. Baez, but let me just verify it. Yeah, that's the one thing I, I, I really need to work on is my networking. It's Omar, O-M-A-R, C is in Charlie, and then my last name, Baez. That's why I have B-A-E-Z, isn't it? B-A-E-Z. B-A-E-Z, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yep. So... so there we go. Um, I think has anyone got any questions they want to ask Omar before we oh, finish? No, you can, I think we uh we covered it all. Yeah, it was a pretty good interview. I was, yeah, I learned a lot there. Um, so thanks to Omar for dropping in and sharing his thoughts with us. You're welcome. Um, I think we've all learned a lot from that. Um, thanks to Gordon, Gil, and Josh for also helping me through the episode. And uh, we will see you all again next week. Bye for now. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
flip us all back over then, Mark. Yeah, we'll do. Hold on. There we go. 